bites. And I know, Vivica, you're shocked. But once again, we have landed everywhere we're supposed to be. Couldn't be more thrilled to be here with my pal Vivica and um, our superstar final guest of 2023. Evan is here. Um, Vivica, how, how are things over in uh, steamy Atlanta today? It's Listen, sir, when I looked at my phone earlier, it said 27 degrees, and that is just way too cold, okay? So it gets cold degrees. here. Yes, oh. it gets cold here, but I'm not complaining. It's been super mild. <laughs> so. It sounded like you were complaining, but never mind. Go ahead. No, not complaining at all. Bring it on. All right, so today we have Evan, and um, Evan has... He's a, he's a cool dude. He's got some cool projects. He's been a guardian, I believe, for a good bit here. And um, Evan, I guess for, for everybody who doesn't know who you are, just a in, quick intro, um, you know, who you are, what you do, and maybe how you got into TGA, CCA, all the good stuff. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, well, uh, like you said, my name my name's Evan Kirsch. I, I've been a guardian since uh, January of last year. I got introduced to the Wolf Den uh, in the Guardian Academy, I believe in I believe in January of last year, and uh, so I have a I have a uh, an agency called Make Digital Group. It's a Web two agency that's kind of been my golden goose for the past you know fifteen years. And uh, when I found the Guardian Academy, I was somewhat looking for what's next. And so in that process, I started to uh, uncover a lot of the Guardian um, Academy principles for one. Um, and then I was introduced to the CCA um, and CertainTU, which was just a a lovely sequence of events, I guess you could say, because it was kind of in line with what I was looking for and what I was doing. And, um, and I kind of just leaned into the opportunities as they presented themselves. Um, which has kind of led me to uh, to where I am now. So I have Frozen Puck Labs, which is a Web three gaming studio. I have Avanti three, um, which is the uh, the world's first multi celebrity, multi brand um, uh, cross collaboration platform um, in, in the Web three space. It's, it's essentially like a, a Web three uh, social media platform um, in, in in essence. And uh, I still have a media company called Thinking Bigger Media. It's a small business magazine that goes out to about 100,000 uh, businesses across the United States. Um, and uh, yeah, some other things. So I definitely like to uh, to dabble in, in, in other areas of Web3. And um, I also have the uh, the Penguin Posse Club. So that is uh, that is owned by Frozen Puck Labs, but that is a uh, that is a separate project. Um that uh, that we have going on um, with some exciting developments on the, on that side as well. So, for those of you that don't know me, that's me. <laughs> awesome. So, so Evan, you're you're so soft spoken, and you have got such amazing, humongous things going on right now. Uh, one of one of the things that really stood out to me when I was watching the replay of you and Nick talking at the Gray Wolf Summit is, you know. I, we're all believers in big, bold, audacious goals, but I don't think anybody's uh, immediate goal is as big and bold and audacious as yours. Do you, do you are you willing to to go a little bit into what your what your uh, your current goal is? Yeah, sure. So, uh, current goal is to is to develop a billion dollar company in ninety days. Um, the the idea there is like even if we miss the mark a little bit like that's that's a pretty great uh thing to shoot for um however i i think we're on track so 
um, what what I tend to do is look for opportunities with a significant amount of upside. Uh, the reason being is it just feels like my zone. Um, I don't know if I'd call it like my zone of genius by any means, but just kind of where I like to live. I like to live in um, in a world where you know I'm I'm on the edge quite a bit. So there's a there's a ton of risk. There's also a ton of upside. Um, and then it's just a matter of like how you put it together. Um, I'm a big fan of taking principles and concepts from other industries and finding new ways to put things together. And so one of the ways we did that with Avanti was um, figuring out what does a billion dollar company look like? How do you get to that type of valuation? Um, what is it based on? And if you if you uh, if you kind of break that down, there are different ways to um, one you know raise funds, but two build value around each user on a platform. And, uh, and so that's kind of what we've, we've targeted and, uh, yeah, we're well on our way. So, uh, the 90 days is up, I believe, uh, in February. Yeah. February, I believe it is. So, so, uh, you know, I'll certainly provide updates as, uh, as we go. (laughs) I love it. So very bold, very bold, uh, goal there. And, um, I guess, you know, for everyone out there who hears everything that you have going on and this huge goal that you also have um, that you're working towards, what has helped you the most that you have learned out of TGA or CCA that has helped you be this ambitious and this effective actually, right? Because a lot of people are busy, but no one's really producing. So what actually helps you be a producer and actually get things done? Yeah. Um, where do I start with that one? Uh, you know, raising the floor and cutting out um, bad months, uh, resource uh, resource allocation, so recapture and reallocate types of principles, but applied in other areas like uh, energy uh, and impact. So, you know, I don't look at things necessarily financially as much as I do um, how do I get the most out of every single day? So I'm absolutely, absolutely a maximizer. Um, and I like to be very strategic with my, my time and effort. So the way I do it is I don't necessarily, you're not going to see me, um, doing maybe a ton publicly. Um, but what I am doing is I'm, I'm setting up different frameworks and such so that when I do make a decision, I'm able to take, you know, leaps forward. Uh, much greater than maybe somebody else would uh, would potentially do, because they're they're tied up in a lot of um, granularity of of uh, potential activities that you know, like networking, for example. Like I'm, I'm a big believer in networking, but you're just not going to see me in the same circles as most because um, I want more in less time, right? I want to be able to get more in less time, so. Um, I think that's probably one of them, you know, uh, trying to think, uh, of maybe some others here, but in general, you know, I like my activities to be high impact and, um, being able to recognize, you know, synergistic opportunities that solve multiple problems for multiple people is a place that I think you'll find me in more often than not. Um, because I'm very well aware that I, you know, need a lot of other people around me. And so the psychology behind how do you actually get others to take action without them feeling the need to, 
like I think you I think you see what I'm saying there, but it's just like how do you get people to 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 do things without um feeling like it's a burden to ask and um so I try to I, I try to look for that. So you'll see that embedded into a lot of my companies uh where there are opportunities for people to get involved and they tend to get involved um because they see a spot for themselves because I've left a spot open. Um very much don't need the credit for a lot of things. Uh uh with the way my brain works, I am not able to uh, do as much as people think I can do, uh, to be really honest with you. And um, what what that actually does for me, though, is it creates these other opportunities that I'm not going to jump on. So you're never going to see me try to do it all because uh, that's just not my style. Um, so. So, yeah. Love it. Just want to before I ask the next question here, Evan, just going to get some folks loving the conversation. Mindset Mary is here. Uh, Facebook user I happen to know is Dwayne Moffitt. And then we've got Michael also uh, with a little shout out to the Penguin Posse here as well. One, one of the things that I'm hearing in what you just shared is reminiscent of something that I, um, that, that, Nick and I discussed on on a, another broadcast recently, which is how relationships are one of the biggest force multipliers. And you know, you you were referencing how important you know and strategic you've been in in um, who you're connecting with and who you're working with and who you're partnering with. But the other thing is, I you know, from what little I I understand of um, the Avanti project, Avanti Three project, which I heard you talk about at Gray Wolf, is that that's really fundamentally about connection and kind of intentional connection as well. So I I'd love if if you don't mind, just if you're willing to share more about um, strategically developing partnerships and relationships and connections with the right people, maybe how you keep how you avoid giving too much time, attention, and energy to the wrong people and how that informs and inspires what you're building uh, with Avanti 3. Yeah, sure. So, I, you know, I think the biggest thing to consider when you're going into um, partnership development and such is to really know what you want um, and really understand how to deliver that value, but also keep it really simple. So for a platform play um, that we have going on, um, is very important not to overpromise uh, and underdeliver. It's also very important to be able to scale uh, extremely quickly, right? So if I say, "Hey, I want to," you know, um, I'm shooting for a million users, and uh, this is what it's going to take to get there, um, and I want you know 40 to 50 celebrities on in the next three months. Well, we better have a really clean and simple um, onboarding process for them. Um, where we can deliver an extreme amount of value, communicate it clearly, uh, and make that something that anyone could potentially uh, jump in to help participate and uh, and make happen. Um, so yeah, for one, I'd, I'd just say, you know, it doesn't have to be that complicated. I mean, the offer that we have and what we provide as a platform is pretty expansive. Uh, but none of it really has to be implemented except a few things, um, which I know a lot of us have heard this, but it's kind of like the one to two things that need to go right. And, and that's what we provide for all of the users that are coming on board is, you know, what are the one or two things that have to go right that we absolutely have to get done? And then from there, um, implement a team to help bring uh, that to scale. 
So can you explain to everybody what Avanti 3 is and what you're trying to accomplish with it? Just for those who didn't watch Great Wolf and, and stuff like that and for everybody else uh, joining us who's new. I'm, I'm yeah. super excited yeah. about it, so I'm, I'm, I'm super <laughs> stoked. Go ahead. Yeah, so we're solving quite a few different things here, but um, one of the major ones is is helping fans. Uh, let me back up. We'll say just redefine what fandom looks like uh, and what it means to be a fan. So whether it's a musician, an artist, a celebrity, um, we believe that you should be able to prove uh, how much of a fan you really are, how much you care about the artist that you um, that you speak about. Uh, through action. And that's always been, you know, an intention of mine um, through life. I used to have another education technology company, which was big on just like, show me that you can do the thing that you say you can do, because I don't got time to listen to the things that you say. I'd rather you just show me real quick, and then we can move on. Um, and I had a portfolio product that that uh, that did that. And so this is kind of the same thing. It's, it's, we're going to have all these celebrities, we're gonna have all these musicians and athletes and um, the more you engage with that particular um, uh, user, the the more points essentially uh, you're going to get, and the more rewards that you would get. And so, what we want to do is, um, on one level, we want to redefine fandom. So, you know, maybe you don't have enough money to go to the concert, but you can do X, Y, and Z. Per, you know, prove that you're uh, a much higher um, level of, of of a fan. Um, I've been to all this, I've done all these things, you know, I've bought this and have a chance to get uh, something special, like a special experience because of the things that you do and the amount of time that you spend in that particular uh, musician or artist or athlete's audience. Um, beyond that, I think it's really important that we we help uh, reward uh, musicians specifically uh, financially. Uh, give them more of a financial incentive to be on our platform than somewhere else. And I know right now, if you look at the streaming world, um, the average artist is making like 18 cents an album. Uh, and so there's a couple, there's, I mean, you could just Google that and you can see everything comes up, but finding a way to um, help artists make more money um, and then combine that with uh, engagement, fan engagement is, is kind of what we're after. So we'll, we'll have other features on there as well. Like, you're going to be able to have some digital asset management. You're going to be able to buy merchandise and tickets. Um, there's going to be a mall uh, where you can where you can engage in some of those activities. Of course, we'll get into like VR and AR at some point as well, because um, you're going to be spawned into your seat uh, in the metaverse into virtual concerts in the future, anyways. And so that'll have a piece of there as well. And then, of course, like the streaming concept of being able to stream music um, is a big deal. And 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 we've had conversations with. Um, Atlantic Records. We've we were on with Warner Brothers Music Group. Um, there's some really great synergies there. Uh, everyone is kind of on the same page to try to figure uh, out what's next. Um, so yeah, that in and that you're going to see a lot of that here coming out in the next uh, 30 to 45 days. Um, you'll see a lot of those things those things rolled out. Nice. Uh, real quick shout out to Michael Foreman who is. Uh... Always, always generous and encouraging with his support. Appreciate you, Michael. Um, gonna back up into what you were, and then pull, pull back up to what you were just talking about, Evan. Um, you mentioned that your style is not really to do things 
DIY that you're you're very much invested in in getting the right people together and um, sharing the responsibilities and not being concerning yourself too much with getting um, credit for you know everything that happens and I really appreciate that um, and it's very much in alignment with you know lots of the things that we talk about in the Guardian Academy uh, and um, it's it's also kind of reflective of this idea that we talk about quite a bit, uh, play your game. And it seems like based on what you've shared about Avanti 3 is you're also like, you're setting up this platform so that musician, like these artists and, and uh, you know, sports figures and, and so forth, they can be um, playing their game. It's it, it, the current paradigm, and I, you know, I was a musician for 30 years, not at any kind of level that would get me an invitation to a Bonte three, but, um, you know, I, about that. <laughs> I get it that, um, you know, it's, it's hard to be, it's hard to move up the, the musician hierarchy playing entire, playing your game fully all in full out all the time. Uh, the, you know, just by virtue of the way, um, the things that you rely on, you oftentimes find yourself playing someone else's game and it's hard to win a game when you're playing someone else's game. So I just wonder if, if you have any other reflections or if you can unpack um, if, if, and how that idea of playing your game is part of your ethos, the way that you approach things, but how, uh, how, if at all, it it's um, baked into this, uh, this opportunity and this platform that you're building for the, the, um, the users, uh, both, um, the fans and the, the celebrities that are going to be using your platform. Sure. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of everything, right? So, you know, with the companies that I have now, they're all structured in a way where I can do the things that, uh, I'm best at doing. Um, and the, and the things that I don't want to do, I, I technically have someone else, uh, to fulfill. That doesn't mean that I don't have to do the work, uh, of things I don't like to do. I do that all the time. Um, you know, one way to get out of that is to be able to fund, uh, a lot of things, right? So like put your money where your mouth is and, and, uh, and pay to get things done. Um, and so, you know, that's certainly part of my strategy. Uh, I probably don't make as much as, uh, somebody else might be able to make. Um, maybe I do. I don't know. Uh, right. So it just really depends on, on, I guess, how you look at it and how much uh, you want to keep versus how much you want to give away. It's obviously a bigger conversation to be had there um, around, uh, you know, equity structures and, 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 and organizational structures and everything. Um, but I know that my game specifically is uh, a fairly large game. Um, I'm, I'm always willing to bring in uh, individuals that fill specific roles. Um, but you got to do it strategically. It's, it's not something that I just jump on right away. Um, there's like a lot of testing that goes into that at the beginning. Um, kind of like when you would hire an employee, like maybe you bring them on as a contractor first and do a couple test projects before you actually, you know, bring them onto the team full time, things like that. Um, so a lot of, a lot of due diligence and work really does go into, um, relationship building on, on my side, but, um, you know, strategically looking down the line and being able to see what you're going to need two, three years out um, helps when you start to decide what types of partnerships you want now. So it's pretty easy to be like, yeah, we want the labels to come in and um, we're going to give them X. But you also got to do the 
the due diligence of, you know, a hundred legal calls and a hundred, you know, CPA calls and all these other things to really find out, is this something that, uh, is, is, is it a real opportunity or not? I, I see a lot of people that like, they come up with these ideas, but then they'll say something like, well, if it's too complex, um, we probably don't have to implement it. And I'm like, how did you get to too complex? Like, have you exhausted all the different resources? Have you talked to 15, 20, 30 different people who have done it to figure out what that structure is? Because complex to me is simple to somebody else. And so that's kind of the areas in which I live in. So, for example, when we're on the phone with uh, one of the labels, uh, I don't say, I'm not sitting there saying, well, there's something that's so complex that I can't figure out. And, you know, you guys could. It's more or less letting them speak. And then hearing the simplicity based on their level of experience and knowledge and going, wow, I'm glad I didn't speak up too soon because they just laid out that complexity in a very simple way. I can then take that and add, you know, my experience to it, which they can't understand. And all of a sudden, the things that I'm saying make complete sense to them. The things that they're saying start making complete sense to us, but we're living in two different worlds. So... So now I have two things to to say because now that just opened up something for me. But so it sounds like that little process that you're even describing or, or back and forth sounds like open loop learning, right? So there's people who just have problems having open loops. It seems like you have millions of loops open and that you're receptive to to all kinds of things. So I don't know if you want to touch on that or not. But my question was going to be more techie, actually, if we can get techie, because you mentioned. Yeah. Um, you mentioned VR and AR. So can you get into anything with that aspect of how that might play into the future of Avanti 3 or maybe just in general where you see that going in tech? Sure. So I think you'll see this in a lot of um, uh, platforms that are out there right now. But, you know, whenever you're like a virtual concert, for example, is uh, is an interesting way to approach this. But if you take like the MetaQuest, for example, and you see how much of that was sold in the first like week or even the first day. Um, you can start to envision a world where you put the headset on and you're, you've got the best seat in the house at the concert that this particular musician is playing at. Um, and then you can layer in AR into uh, VR. But if you just start with that, there's, there's a company called Proto. Um, and uh, if you have the time to look them up, Prototech might be a good way to find them in Google, but uh, there are these right now. There are these boxes um, that allow a version of this to happen in real life, even without kind of like a VR headset. And we're in discussions with them as well to potentially use some of their their technology. Um, but it'll it'll happen in, in in phases. But the idea with the VR side is exactly that. It's very clear for musicians because there's a concert that you can attend. There's certain things that you could do while you have the headset on. Um, and then AR is, you can see that with brands like Nike and Adidas have done a lot of this um, where you can like hold the phone up and you can see the shoe that you're wearing. Um, you can see some of the digital collectibles that you have um, on your character. So, you know, that's very futuristic. There's a lot to come there. Um, but that would be my my kind of initial take on it. And just just to stay there for one second, 
Evan, just for any anybody viewing that's not familiar with AR and VR, is that augmented reality and virtual reality? That's correct. Awesome. I was just going to say that. I just realized that I'm like, we're both like nerding out right now. And everyone's probably like, exactly. what is AR we're, we're and VR? For, I know that <laughs> some of the people I brought into the Guardian Academy that look a lot like me uh, or are somewhere <laughs> just north or south of my age would not necessarily know what those terms are. So, Sorry. I um, get a kick out of AR and I think AR sometimes is even more cool than VR. So I just wanted to see what his yeah, thoughts yeah. were on that. Well, Evan, you, you're just to bring in uh, one, one more um, TGA principle or, or concept. A lot of what I've been hearing you talk about um, is around how you think about process and, or strategy or whatever word you want to use. But, you know, at the, in the Guardian Academy, we t- often talk about the process as a shortcut. And I'm a person that believes that the process is actually also the reward. Um, that, you know, and you spoke to the idea in an earlier response about like, you're not hyper-focused on getting the credit and you're not hyper-focused on optimizing the amount of revenue that's going to come to you. And what I'm hearing in that is by being strategic and paying attention to getting a the few essential things that need to be done right enough to start getting you closer to the result you want, you're setting yourself up to um, t- to create a process that becomes the shortcut. The process, because um, you're kind of optimizing things, raising the floor or something you mentioned, you, it, you're collapsing time, you're creating certainty, you're creating greater clarity. And therefore, everyone's experience is going to be a little bit, is going to be augmented and enhanced because you're getting everybody gets closer to what they want a little bit faster with a little less effort, uh, with a little bit more confidence. Um, and I, I'm just curious if you're thinking a lot, you know, one of the things that when I'm working with clients is everyone automatically goes to the revenue number. Like how, how can I, how can I augment my reputation and augment my revenue? And that's usually not a great, like that's not, that shouldn't be necessarily your ultimate aim or aspiration because then reputation and revenue never is enough. Even when you achieve those numbers, you just are wanting more. But when you're chase, when you're crafting a process to get a result that is generous and helps other people get closer to what they want, it seems like in my experience, most of the time revenue, your revenue and reputation are augmented as almost a side effect of doing something that's worth doing, you know, chasing this goal that's going to help the artists, the audience get more of what they want, get closer to what they want. So I'm just curious about any thoughts you have around that or if, if, and if you disagree, feel free to push back. (laughs) Gotcha. No, I don't disagree at all. You know, I, I think falling in love with maximum impact is extremely important. Um, Having a purpose is obviously extremely important, you know, and knowing why you do the work and then being willing to do the work. Like if you if you tie it back to uh, to sports, right, like one of the exercises that I, I did in CCA is um, playing my own game. Right. And then how do you actually figure out what your game is? So one of the things you can do is look towards uh, sports and what it was like for you and how did you fit in and, and what that looked like for you. And, you know, I was the type of guy that. 
Um, I don't need motivation. I don't need external motivation, right? Like I was at the rink, uh, big hockey guy. I mean, I was at the rink for two, three hours before the game and I'm at the rink two, three hours after the game. I didn't need to talk to anybody about it. I didn't really want to talk to anybody. I just wanted to do the work, right? So if I'm skating until the lights are shut off and then I get to get a flashlight out to go find my equipment that's scattered all over the rink, like that was just fun to me. You know, that was like, that, that, that's just what I did. Um, and so I've kind of always been like that, but there is a lot of reward in the work. And we live in a day and age where you can see a lot of quick wins. You can see what looks to be, you know, overnight success. Um, but I don't even, I don't want that. Like I would never want overnight success. Uh, you didn't earn it. You don't, the process is the shortcut. The process is the process. It's the reward. It's everything. Um, so I, I completely agree with that. I mean, finding something that you can pour your time and attention into is hands down the most valuable thing you can do. And I think about my kids and I think about, you know, one of the reasons I'm moving away from my web, my web two agency is, uh, I want to teach my, my, my son who's six, um, how to build a company from the ground up. Mm -hmm. And, and so how do you do that? Well, I mean, I could just build something that I know how to build, but then what's the learning in that? Um, that would get boring to me really quickly. I'd be showing them something and then not learning myself. So what do I need to do? I need to start something new. I need to be able to put that framework in place from the beginning. And there's a lot of uncertainty in that, but that's where the learning comes from. So, uh, something I work with Dr. Jeff constantly on is the soft offense and being able to focus on the one to two things that go right in a way that the things around me that I don't know are there can surface. And that's essentially what's happened even over the past 90 days with, with Avanti. And he even said to me last year, he said, you'll have a billion dollar company in, 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 in 12 months. And I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, okay, you know, all right, whatever. <clears throat> and uh, that's great. But, you know, by doing the work and then applying those principles, it's, um, there's quite a lot out there and, uh, there's quite a lot of potential. I would recommend that if anyone's looking to do, to do new things, um, being in a place of receptivity is crucial. Um, and if you can sit there with it long enough, like maybe you'll start to uncover the things that just start to go right. And that's, that's been the story of Avanti since we've started. That's been the story of the Penguin Posse Club. I can share some things going on there like the firefighters union um contacted somebody that i know has become a close friend and they just fell in love with the penguin posse club and they fell in love with the penguins and then they saw that they had like fire extinguishers and fire hoses as weapons and all of a sudden they want to do this education thing and like did i know that when i put those in a year ago no i don't even know why i did that i, I had like two weeks we did we developed that entire project in like two or three weeks and uh, i was just having a ton of fun with it and then boom it's there we wait for what's next and then this comes up and there's all this synergy. So the doors just keep opening. So um, that's a super long answer. So part, sorry for rambling there, but that, that is like the essence of, I guess why I believe the work is the work and like, you should enjoy doing the work. All these, uh, everybody I see that, that I don't know, is not doing work, not doing the work. I don't get it. You know what I mean? Like I, <clears throat> I love work. Work is my hobby because work is not work to me. Yeah. Right. Any any tips or any any one resource, favorite resource that you can share with the people that are struggling to do the work, like people who just maybe have analysis paralysis and just like can't actually execute. Maybe they're 
second guessing themselves or this doesn't apply to lazy people because you can't fix lazy probably so much, but like the people who maybe have the big ideas and, and really, you know, have passion, but are maybe just scared to take that leap or, or do the, the, the micro stepping that we, you know, kind of have been taught. Yeah. Well, maybe I am a good person to answer this. So, uh, I don't feel like I can focus. I don't feel like I have a good handle on things. I don't, I don't, I don't live my life like that. It's actually really difficult for me to, uh, to focus, uh, read, uh, a lot of the things that, you, you know, people are like, well, I'm lazy. And it's like, no, you're not probably lazy. It's just, maybe it's like you have a hard time focusing and things like that. I always just, um, try to take like some type of small action. I also love the story of, um, the 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 old man who gives a dirty Lamborghini to his daughter and tells her to go see what it's worth and she goes to the first place and the pawn shop and they offer a hundred bucks takes her to the dealership you know here's a thousand bucks and he says now take it to the golf the country club up the the street with the 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 car show and she's like yeah somebody offered me a hundred thousand dollars for it or a million bucks for it he's like if you don't feel valued you might just be in the wrong place, right? Mm-hmm. So if you move from one place to the other, that's a good way to to garner up some uh, some motivation and an energy. Like if you feel valued, you end up doing more. So try to find the place where you feel valued, and more often than not, you'll probably start doing more too. Um, so that would be that would be, I guess, my uh, my only advice there. But like I said, I mean, I'm the way my brain works is like pretty ADD, you know, I got to admit, like, um, and I just don't let it stop me. I use it to my advantage to make decisions really quickly and then uh, just see what comes of it. So. I love that last point, Evan, because I really do believe that um, there's a lot of value in finding uh, leveraging your weaknesses because they can often be your greatest strike. I, I always think of, um, Miles Davis wanted to be Dizzy Gillespie and be able to play a thousand notes a second. And, but he just didn't have it. He didn't have the lung power. He didn't have the dexterity. He didn't have, just didn't have that agility. And so he realized that, you know, he wasn't going to become Dizzy Gillespie. So he, that helped him become Miles Davis and using spaciousness and, and, and taking his time and, and being um, kind of really judicious with his note selection, he defined a style that is now idiosyncratically his. Uh, Bessie or Billie Holiday had a range of about of just over an octave. Um, she wanted to be Sarah Vaughn, but she couldn't, didn't have that range. So I love that idea of leverage, uh, of leaning into um, your limits as a way of defining uh, your distinction. Um, we're coming to the end of our time together. Uh, I just, I, w- I also wanted to just share my appreciation for that exhortation about doing the work. I actually had a, one of my first offers was called do the work. I stole it from my mentor, Seth Godin, who basically forced Stephen Pressfield to rewrite the war of art as a separate book called do the work. And I love that idea. I think human beings, we are, we, we define who we are by what we do. And so find something worth doing. 
um, and and do it fully and put all of your virtue and values and, and energy into it because that's going to help you become who you want to become. Um, it's just a really profound um, call to everyone here to, to figure out what the work is and then do the work. Um, before I, I, so my final question is actually um, a hat tip to Mindset Mary, who left a question about, um, you know, it sounded like from your description that it's mostly music and, and kind of sports celebrities that are going to be the, the initial offerings on your uh, Avanti 3 platform. But she was speaking um, to the plight of authors and just she was wondering if, um, if, if authors are going to have an opportunity to leverage your platform as well. And then we'll kick it over to Vivica to start taking us home. Awesome. So great question. Uh, not something I've uh, thought of. Uh, to be honest, uh, to date, I don't see why they wouldn't be able to uh, leverage the platform. Um, I'd want to think about that a little bit more to make sure that we have uh, the right use case for it. But I think it's, I think it's uh, potentially a, an avenue that we could go down. One note that I would add to the uh, what you said earlier was my journey started with Seth Godin oh. and his impresario <laughs> group. So it was. Uh, Man, this must have been 15 years ago at this point. But the uh, the impresario right. is that's that's kind of the core of who I am. So I've had glimpses of you know what makes me me over the years. Now the Guardian Academy and, and the Certainty University and all that has kind of brought it all to life and helped me bring the structure needed to truly execute in all of Dr. Jeff's work as well. Um. But I would say that that is it. Like you get these glimpses of who you are over time. But but Seth Godin's impresario um, group, I'm still a part of. And um, it's great for those of you that don't know who that is. It's essentially somebody that goes into a city and sells tickets to a show before there's even a show. And yeah. then he goes and finds all the people to be in the show and then, you know, puts the show on and finds the location and, and everything else. And um, I find that that is actually one of my greatest strengths is and some people might describe that as like fake it till you make it that's actually not the case at all you have the entire plan in your head you already know how you're going to execute it it's just the steps of which you go through to actually make it happen and so i don't need a lot of information to make a decision and then when i learned that concept i'm like boom that's that's exactly why you don't need to have all the information if you know how to execute the plan you know what has to go into it on a high level and uh, so anyway, so I just thought you, you, you threw Seth Godin in there. So I got to give him credit for that. And that was that that's been a big part of my journey. Well, I'm going to hop back on just for a second to geek out on Seth, because I had a I was under a under contract with Seth for five years as a head coach at Akimba Workshops. So, number one, I can't wait to tell him that you and I just had this conversation and send it to him because I know he'll, he'll be thrilled. Um, and he references the impresario as you know, one of the the um, the ways of being as a freelancer or a creative uh, in both the marketing seminar, which turned into the book, um, This is Marketing, and also um, in uh, the freelancers workshop. Uh, so, you, you know, and it's so interesting that you said, shared that because in many ways, I feel like I've adopted that same hat, like the impresario isn't the talent and they're not the venue owner. They're the people that, you know, figure out that there's all these assets. And if I can just, 
you know, find the audience, find the venue and, and find the talent, I can make something really amazing happen that will benefit everyone. Uh, so I, I love that, Evan. All right. Vivica, sorry I had to jump in there and geek out. Oh, no, you're good, man. I'm going to kick it back to Evan and just ask, um, you know, for any final thoughts, how you would want anyone to um, contact you or, you know, figure out how to use or get involved with Avanti 3. So any final thoughts or anything like that? Sure. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. That's that's number one. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to share kind of what's, excuse me, what's going on. I mean, anybody that wants to reach out to me, my email is evan at avanti3.com as well. So uh, we'd love to just stay in touch with anyone. Um, if you've got connections in the music world, uh, you have, you know, you're, you're uh, even with athletes, things like that. I mean, we'd be happy to, to collaborate as well. Um, but ultimately, you know, just happy to be here and, uh, and uh, happy to support uh, the best I can, everything that's going on. Really appreciate that, Evan. This is uh, this has been a great way to wrap up the our first season and wrap up our the first year of this broadcast. So we're super stoked to have spent this time with you. Want to thank um, Nick and Michael and all the other people that are admins of the Facebook group for um, allowing us to uh, every once in a while seize control of the platform to host these broadcasts and and share what some of our favorite guardians are up to. And uh, so Evan, thank you for the great work that you're doing and for being so generous with your time uh, and sharing all of your wisdom and expertise with us. And a big uh, thank you to uh, my intrepid co-host who puts up with all of my silliness and shenanigans week after week. so Vivica, thanks. And, um, you know, just wishing you both, uh, whatever, if you, if you partake of any kind of holidays to, uh, have a happy one and, and to have, um, a great, uh, a great new year. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Evan, for coming on. Uh, Scott, it's been a pleasure looking forward to next season and, uh, hopefully you guys have a great holiday. Everyone out there have a great holiday and a great new year and, uh, we'll see you in January. Awesome. Thank you guys.